George Floyd. Breonna Taylor. Ahmed Arbery. Oscar Grant. Belly Mujinga. Sandra Bland. Eric Garner. Tamia Rice. Walter Scott. Philando Castor. Trayvon Martin. Terence Crutcher. Samuel Dubose. And so many other precious black people. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Hi everyone, welcome to the Marketplace Cafe. I'm Itunu here with your Marketplace Latte, the News Explained segment every Wednesday. In light of everything going on in our world today, we're going to do things a bit differently today. I normally would ask you to vote for your favorite news story from last week, and I'll talk about it in more detail or analysis today. But instead of doing that, we're going to be talking about racism and the Black Lives Matter movement today. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Last week, an African-American man, George Floyd, was killed by a white policeman who kneeled on his neck for over eight minutes as he pleaded for his life and uttered the words, I can't breathe. George Floyd died from asphyxia, a lack of oxygen caused by the kneeling on his neck and pressure placed on his back by the other police officers present. This is the story of George Floyd and there are several other stories of people that have been victims of a society that failed to protect them and discriminated against them because of the color of their skin. As a society, we can't just sit idly and watch this become our reality. Although police brutality and the lack of justice for black people is at the forefront of our discussion about racism today, it is glaringly evident of the fact that there is a wider problem in our society, systematic and structural racism. Even from an economic point of view, we see things like the racial wealth gap, which is present as a result of the fact that there has been a long history of discrimination against black people, putting a large percentage of the black community at an economic disadvantage from the start. In 2016, the wealth of the median white American family, calculated as savings plus assets minus debts, was at $171,000 compared to $17,600 of the median black American family. And trends show that since the financial crisis, this gap has been increasing and is probably likely to increase further after coronavirus. The thing is, it's not just about the numbers. It's about the story behind the numbers, the why, and the system that has provided unequal opportunities to one race over another, and not just now, but from several years ago. It's important to note that the racial wealth gap is not only present in America, it is also visible in Europe and in other countries. But the story behind the American racial wealth gap is broken down quite well in Explained, the racial wealth gap on Netflix. And I'll suggest you watch it. I found it quite enlightening. For now, I'll give you a quote from the end of the episode. It's from Martin Luther King's book titled Why We Can't Wait. If a man enters the starting line of a race 300 years after another man, the first will have to perform some incredible feat in order to catch up 
with his fellow runner. This illustrates how the historic economic disadvantage of African Americans has had an impact on the wealth accumulated by families today and the way in which it will take so much to close this gap for majority of the population. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Since last week, so much has happened. The death of George Floyd has tipped a scale that had been heavy for a very long time. There have been protests in Minneapolis, protests all over America, protests all over the world. A lot has been done and there's still so much to do. Yesterday was Blackout Tuesday. A day started by Jamila Thomas and Brianna Agiamang, two black women in the American music industry. Beyond the black screens on Instagram, the day was meant for the music industry to take a break from business as usual, to focus on the black community and support the Black Lives Matter movement, especially because the music industry has profited so much from black arts and black culture. And as a result, they owe it to the black community to stand in solidarity now when it matters the most. There's going to be another blackout day on the 7th of July. And this day is different from yesterday. It aims to use the economic power wielded by African-Americans as a weapon against the system that has so actively enabled discrimination and racism. This was the idea of a man called Calvin Mataya. He created a private Facebook group at the beginning of May to bring black people together in solidarity against inequality and racism, to boycott the American economy and not spend a single dollar except spending on black businesses. He has recently gained a lot of traction after the death of George Floyd with this. As at 2018, the African-American population held 1.3 trillion US dollars out of about 14.8 trillion US dollars worth of American buying power. The point of Blackout Day on the 7th of July is for African-Americans to use their finances to make a statement to the government and hit them where it hurts the most, making them pay attention. This is not the first time an economic boycott is happening. In 1967 to 1968, there was something called the Open Housing Campaign, which was to get state governments and the federal government to make a law against discrimination of black people when buying a house. This was because before this time, it was lawful for landlords to not allow their house to be sold to African-Americans. And also banks were very selective about how much credit they gave African-Americans to buy a house. This discrimination all ties in with the racial wealth gap we spoke about earlier. But in Wisconsin specifically, there were about 200 consecutive nights of marches. And in addition to this, there was an economic boycott. This was around the time of Christmas, so the black community was encouraged to boycott the commercial aspect of Christmas and not buy gifts or decorations. With this, they aimed to dent local businesses enough so that even they will start putting pressure on the state government. The boycott succeeded in the sense that there was revenue damage to local businesses, but the state government still held out for a few months before they passed the law. The thing is, racism, discrimination, and undue violence that comes as a result of it shouldn't have a place in our society at all. From a common moral and human perspective, it's just plain wrong and unfair. 
from a logical perspective, the discrimination of a group of people because of the color of their skin doesn't add up. Even if we look at it from an economic perspective, there is so much economic potential in ending racism and racial bias. In the words of the European Network Against Racism, discriminating and excluding talented individuals results in a huge waste of talent and skills. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. We've talked about economic boycotts, so we know just how powerful money and economic power can be. And there are so many ways in which the Black Lives Matter movement and the Black community can be supported financially. From donating to memorial funds, which take care of the burial costs and the families' fights for justice, to donating to initiatives that fight against racial injustice and for equality in society, to just supporting a black business. That's not to say that there can't be support in non-monetary ways. There can. There are petitions to sign, conversations to be had, learnings to do, but funding is quite important for several organizations on the front line of the Black Lives Matter movement. I'll leave the link that has all the ways in which you can support in the description of this episode. It's not my link, but it has within it all the GoFundMe and petition links, which I think is useful, if you would like to support in any further way. Over the past week, a number of businesses have put their money where their mouth is to support the Black community and the Black Lives Matter movement. To name a few, Glossier has pledged $500,000 to organizations fighting against racial injustice and another $500,000 in grants to Black-owned beauty brands. Uber pledged a million dollars to support the Equal Justice Initiative, an initiative working to end mass incarceration and excessive punishment based on racial inequality. And they're also supporting the Centre for Policing Equity, a centre that works with law enforcement to put in place practices that promote equity. And Nike, is two-to-one matching employee donations to organizations aiming to advance racial equality. I think it's great that businesses are supporting in this way because economic support is very much needed at this time. But racism isn't an economic problem. So money or economics can't be the sole solution to the problem. It's about changed behavior and unlearning and debunking ways of thinking and behaving that have now become a part of the structures and systems of our society. So great, businesses are giving financial support, but I really hope it doesn't end there and they actually look inwards at their businesses' overall behavior and play their own part in rooting out racism, racial bias and microaggressions from the inside. It's not just about businesses. Businesses are made up of individuals People from different backgrounds and people that have had different experiences contribute to who they are. It's not only the responsibility of businesses to look inwards. Businesses can put forward systematic change, but at the end of the day, it's up to individuals to decide whether or not they want to internalize that change. Individuals are also financially supporting the Black community and the Black Lives Matter movement as a whole, which I think is good as well. It's one way in which non-black people can show alliance with the black community. But the same thing applies 
It's not just about throwing money at a problem if you still enable the problem at its root. It's about much more than that, including being open-minded enough to hear the experiences of those who have been oppressed and committing to behavioral change, which could one day lead to radical systemic change. In light of recent events, now more than ever, the Black Lives Matter movement has gained a lot of attention. However, this shouldn't just be a trend. We all have the individual responsibility to go beyond posting on social media as a sign of solidarity, but to take active steps within our community to make a change. Thank you so much for listening. Sending you all love and light. Remember to take care of yourself. Black Lives Matter. Today, tomorrow, and forever. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter.